it's like you're getting into a weird semi-flooded shower stall. And you can bring the wash rag in to dry your eyes, but don't let it get wet. Is that music for me? Like, have I just been in here for 20 minutes? 50 to 50 is a podcast documenting Michael Ivan Schwartz's journey to turning 50. Each week, he will attempt to do something he's never done before over the 50 weeks leading up to his birthday on December 20th, 2019, on his personal quest to expand, experiment, and embrace. I'm your host, Derek Vaughn Brown, and I'm here to antagonize Michael Ivan while holding him accountable to his goal. It takes a team of three uh, handlers to keep Gracie entirely still and quiet during recording sessions. Too she's true. A, she's a high-maintenance star. She likes to lick. She likes to wag her tail and smack it against things. She's got what's called happy tail syndrome. Have you heard of that? No. She's so happy when she like sees you and gets excited and her tail is so strong. It whips against the doors and the wall and chairs and ultimately will like cut open a sore and bleed. And that's uh, happened twice. Oh, a sore on her tail. Yeah. Oh, so you can see the tail dog. end. You see, there's a little little black spot on the one side, and uh, it's called happy tail syndrome. The cure. Sadness. They cut the they cut the tail off. So. <laughs> well, you better stop wagging it, or you're gonna lose it. You're just gonna get a padded tail. All right. So, um, speaking of padded tails, this week you went to a sensory deprivation tank, almost like a padded cell. Yeah, but it padded for your ears and eyes and nose, and, and were you taste-deprived as well? I could taste the salt water. Uh, otherwise, yes, no food. Uh, it, was a, it was a padded cell of salt water surrounding my body. Deprived of things. Deprivation. Yeah. De- depriving of. Okay, before we get too much further, let's get um, some more information, because this is a pretty strange thing. Hey, Alexis. Could you tell us more about deprivation tanks? An isolation tank, or sensory deprivation tank, is a lightless, soundproof tank filled with salt water at skin temperature in which individuals float. They were first used in 1954 to test the effects of sensory deprivation. Flotation tanks are widely advertised as a form of alternative medicine, but beneficial health effects have been so far unproven. I wonder if Michael Ivan experienced any health benefits. Well, Alexis is great with all the uh, tidbits of information, but really, truly to experience sensory deprivation tag words on a piece of paper do not do it justice. All right, so now that we know more about sensory deprivation... Yeah, I actually have a little bit of a clip from when we walked in. I went with my friend who also wanted to experience this, and separately we go into our own tanks. But we went in together and heard a little bit from the person working there, a little spiel on uh, what to do, what not to do, how it all works. So we'll get a little taste of that right now. Are you guys here for your 12.30 float? Yes. Have either one of you been here before? No. No. Okay. Well, whenever you're ready. Okay, I'll have you in these two rooms right here. Cool. Okay. 
Books on the back of the door you hang all your stuff up on. Mm -hmm. Earplugs, I recommend you use them to keep salt water out of your ears. Mm -hmm. If you have any cuts or scrapes, blow gasoline, of course salt water is going to stain. Mm -hmm. Completely shower before you get in. This first one is shampoo. These three are scented body wash. They're organic. They're really thin. I tell people the minute you touch the button, the soap comes out. Okay. So be ready. <laughs> you want to take this white mat and put it in front of the door so you don't start climbing in and out. Okay. There's a grab handle here with little squirt bottles. Just got plain water in it. Just in case you get a little salt water in your eyes. Say the last part. What has what? It's uh, a little squirt bottle. On the bottle. inside? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. I thought you were putting that. I'm like, what is that? <laughs> and you can bring the wash rag in to dry your eyes, but don't let it get wet because mm -hmm. then you can't use it. So what I do is I fold it like this and just keep it with the squirt bottle. Okay. When it's time to get out, I'll play the music. I usually give people about five minutes to get the shower going. If I don't hear you up and about, I'll just knock on the back wall. Okay. A lot of people fall asleep. I'll lift you. Cool. You want your head at that end, your feet down here. The door doesn't lock. You're not locked in. Just push on and get out. Okay. That room there, just the opposite. Okay. It is completely dark in here, so I always tell people kind of acclimate yourself to your surroundings. You'll get in, sit on the bottom, go back and float. There's the door. That's how you get out. Okay. That one there, just the opposite. Okay. Any other questions? Or uh, I'm good. Are you good? Yeah, I think I'm good. Okay, cool. enjoy. <laughs> 90 minutes. Here we go. See you in 90 minutes. I expected that clip to be 100% silence. Shocking, there was words. This is all pre- pre-entering the tank. We got our instructions, including things like wash off. You weren't supposed to go in with any like hair dye and gel and all these kind of chemicals, which obviously the bald man that I am, it wasn't really relevant to me. Well, and it seems like Wonderful Things was not exactly the destination for this journey. You are giving a sneak preview and giving a spoiler to a very uh, short podcast this week. Uh, yeah, the quick summary, I didn't really like it. No. Well, okay, so you get inside of this place where you don't have any control over anything, right? You're in some yes. sort of dark coffin-like Yeah, tube. less, less coffin-like. And I think when I first heard about sensory deprivation tanks, I imagined it was like you're in this tight, closed space and barely can breathe and was like, I don't know if I want to do this. I had enough friends, multiple people give me stories of their experience, all very wow experiences. Had visions, I remember one friend said he talked to his like 10 year old self. Like people had some trippy stuff and also a very kind of physically relaxing thing where one friend mentioned hearing their own bones kind of like settling and spine straightening and just seemed mentally, physically therapeutic from their descriptions and that's all I've heard from people before going. So that was my impetus to check it out. The physical space, at least the ones we went to, I think there's different versions out there, it was more like a bathtub with a long wall so that you were going almost into like a vault, like a bank vault. It was tall to the ceiling, it wasn't, I could stand up in it, probably just barely. You maybe couldn't, so maybe it was you know, 5'10 worth of height you could stand. And when you lay down, you can obviously head to toe, lay down and float and not touch bottom, not touch sides, not touch top, side, right, left, up, down. It's lukewarm water. 
which just my little marketing advice. Maybe make this sucker hot. Like it would be nice to just have a hot bath, but I don't know how or that works. Or freezing cold. Or freezing cold and be there for like <laughs> 10 seconds. I've heard people talk about I should do the, there's some kind of freeze tank type thing you can do, but that's probably not going to happen. Yeah, there's salt tanks and there's freeze tanks. There's all kinds of uh, different ways that you can treat your body. Yeah. They say that the human body is intended to be submerged in salt water. I don't even know who says that or what that means, but I um, I remember the Dead Sea. I visited Israel a couple summers ago, and that was really cool. And so it's similar in the sense of anyone's wondering how you float in this thing, and do you got a paddle or wear a life vest? I mean, you're buck naked. You're laying in this water that doesn't even seem that thick or different. It looks like regular water, but there's enough salt in it that it keeps you afloat. You really can't sink unless you're trying to push your body down. I mean, you really just lay there and float. And and you're completely naked? Yeah. Why Why are you completely naked? Were you supposed to be completely naked? Oh, yeah, yeah. They told <laughs> us, definitely take all your clothes off. I think they probably don't want any, again, the contaminants from clothing in the water because of the filtration system, I'm guessing. And I think it's supposed to be the experiences. You're just supposed to kind of be bare. Just it really you. didn't make a difference. It, it literally just felt like you were taking a lukewarm bath. That you floated in. That tastes like salt. And for an hour and a half. Some people do it for 60 minutes. I thought, I'm probably going to do this once. Do the full Monty. Get my 90 minutes worth. Because uh, also the couple of people that had told me positive stories about their experience also mentioned they went a second time and didn't have nearly the same experience. So I figured, mm. you got one chance at this. That's my, my take on it. Well, you blew it, Michael. Yeah, I think they blew it. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know if it's expectations or... Body chemistry or mental capacity, but I would say for me, the 90 minutes were broken into thirds. First 30 minutes, and I wasn't keeping a clock, but I was very aware of time. I kind of thought I would go in there and have no sense of time, and I would just all of a sudden be woken up and be like, oh my God, was that an hour and a half? Instead, it was super conscious of, felt like the first 30 minutes, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, is this it? What am I supposed to do? Am I really just supposed to lay here? I can touch the left and right. I started like pushing my body back and forth because I was just bored. And then I finally entered, I think, what most people would say is the state of the sensory deprivation tank. And it reminded me of when you go to yoga, if you've done that at the end, they do shavasana, where you just lay flat. And you're, by the time you've sweated and worked out for 50, 60, 80 minutes, whatever your yoga class is, you kind of get into a little bit of a cathartic state of just rest. but So it took a half an hour of just doing nothing to finally hit that kind of dreamlike state. So then the second 30 minutes was that. It was kind of like a dreamlike state, in and out. I wasn't asleep. I wasn't awake. My mind just wandered. To be honest, I couldn't even remember what it wandered to. It was nothing amazing. And then to be honest, the worst 30 minutes was the last 30 because by then, I started just feeling like all the pains in my body. My neck the entire time felt like I was straining it. And my knees and joints where I typically have pain, like in the morning when I first wake up, for those that haven't reached 49 yet, you may not realize that's your future. Uh, it just felt like those were accented. And so I felt like pain rather than comfort. Or... You felt your bones settling out and stretching out and, and all that did was remind you of your knee pain. Perhaps. It didn't even feel like they were stretching out. It felt more like they were tightening. It just, it wasn't comfortable. And then it was like, how much longer until this thing's done? And then I hear the, kind of this 
quiet, gentle music in the background that's supposed to like wake you up. I thought it was gonna be kind of blaring, so I was almost like, is that music for me? <laughs> like, have I just been in here for 20 minutes and I thought it was an hour and a half? So, of course, I got up because literally it was like, oh God, it's done, thank you. And uh, showered off, got dressed, met my friend. We went off to lunch, which was definitely the best part of the experience. We were in Annapolis for this, down by the water and near the, across from the Naval Academy. Ate this great seafood lunch, looking over the water, storm was rolling in. And to be honest, we shared our mutual experiences in the tank. It's like we could have finished each other's sentences. We had a very similar experience. Oh man. Because from what you describe it as, it's like you're getting into a weird semi-flooded shower stall. Yeah. And just sort of laying around naked mm -hmm. in like what is otherwise a place that you probably wouldn't be like, hey, I'm going to go down to Annapolis and get naked in a weird room today. Yeah. I, I You're might very even... fixated on the naked part. It's just literally think of more like, I went to take a high-end bath. Yeah, I still like, like I'm that's weird. That's the thing. I'm that's... weird about being naked in, in, uh, in strange places. Yeah. I mean, it's like going to a nice hotel and having a fancy hot bath, except it was lukewarm. Mm. And the hotel wasn't that impressive. <laughs> I, I really was <laughs> just, uh, you know, people do a lot of self-care stuff and if it works yeah. for them. I am all for it. So this is not a poo-poo on this doesn't work and no one should do it. It's more like it doesn't work for everyone. Since I've gone to it, I've talked to other people who had similar experiences. I wish they had talked to me first so I could have been more maybe prepared. But I think the reality is, is it's not about being prepared or not. It just This is something that works for some people and it doesn't for others. And uh, for me, it just wasn't that big of a deal. And um, not, not disappointed I went, but it was not high on the list of repeat things I would like to do or things I would sell to people. Would you do it again? No. I mean, that's a pretty quick no. <laughs> I, I certainly would suggest if someone's apprehensive about it or is excited by it, maybe do the 60 minute. That's what I would probably have said I'd rather have done. Now, rather than a prediction... Why don't, why don't you give us a little anecdote to close out instead? Yeah, on very, very much the flip side of that, I bumped into a very good friend of mine at Mom's, our organic grocery store. I hadn't seen him since the fall when we were at a mutual friend's wedding. And was like, hey, you're on this part of town, shopping in my neighborhood, good to see you, blah, blah, blah. Catching up, I'm like, cool, you know, organic stuff now, whatever, I don't know, I'm just making conversation and... It's just funny that we're bumping into a place that I don't go that often. And he said, oh, yeah, for the last couple of months. And then he's like, oh, when's the last time I've talked to you? And I think he realized I wasn't aware of something, that I was a little like, ooh, what's going on? His wife, great friend of mine as well, uh, was recently diagnosed and treated for breast cancer. She's doing much better now. She's on the road to recovery. So it was good to hear the catch-up. He had asked me what's going on in my life. I was mentioning the 50 to 50 and what I'm doing. And he goes, oh, actually... She's been listening to it, and when she listened in January, she's like, it's 2019, I'm inspired by Michael's idea, I'm going to do 19 new things 2019. Her first thing was to get a mammogram, her first ever, and that's when they discovered that she had this tumor. And so she's got family history of cancer, they immediately went into action, took care of it very early on. So just a really... Um, I don't know, a touching story for me that this 50 to 50 I'm doing is inspiring people to do their own, like your wife Tiffany doing 40 to 40. I've heard other friends taking on similar challenges and to hear you know, someone I hadn't talked to in months, unbeknownst to me, was doing their own 
challenge for 2019 in the same way and that it, it led to something that really was uh, a healthy helpful thing despite some sadness it's uh it's pretty cool it's pretty cool that uh that happened and wishing her the best wishing them the best and uh looking forward to hearing how she gets through 18 more great things once she's fully recovered that is pretty crazy yeah well and as a 49 year old heading to 50 very shortly i do want to encourage the world out there that's listening get your annual exams get your special looks of things you need to i know for me like skin doctor i need to go to once yeah a year. when's the last time you had your old annual exam it's been a year and a half and so i need to get back out there and uh which also reminds me of another one coming up soon for 50 to 50 i'm going to meet with someone prepare an advanced directive some people need to prepare a will some people uh should be thinking about life insurance if you're married and have kids so I think uh, really those are types of things. Insurance, though, shouldn't it? It's adulting that uh, is different for different people. Depends on your job. Depends on your family situation. For me, not being married, not having kids, there's certain things I probably don't need to deal with, but other things that I think everyone should deal with. So, a little somber note on the end here, but I think adulting once in a while is uh, not such a bad thing. I spoke to a man last night who had been smoking cigarettes for 50 years, uh, and we were talking about, you know, the nature of addiction and health, and um, the one thing that we both agreed on is that health is not going to come find you. Um, you need to go find it, and sometimes it's hiding, and sometimes you got to walk up a big hill. You know, it's not always easy, but it's, it's, good, to, it's good to start with encouragement and uh, open communication. You know, I know a lot of guys, especially older guys, have a hard time talking about their health and vulnerability. Yeah. And, you know, it's important to remember that everybody needs to go to the doctor, 100%. Totally thought you were going to say everybody poops. Everybody poops. Because that's true, too. And that is true. That relates and to doctoring as well. Everybody needs to go to the doctor. Everybody is vulnerable, and that's okay. Yeah. Go to the doctor. Get your shit together. Get something cut out if you need to. Yeah. <laughs> Keep and, rolling on. And next week's lack of adulting conversation will also, I think, point back to that idea of being like a child and being vulnerable and being open. That was a mixed up and short conversation about something. How about you choose not boring stuff next time? Indeed. Next week, Michael Ivan becomes like a child in vulnerability and openness and shares probably the best experience I've had so far in my 50 to 50. You have been listening to 50 to 50. Check out our website 50to50.com for photos, videos, and the opportunity to give us feedback or suggest an activity for Michael Ivan's quest to expand, experiment, and embrace as he turns 50. Fifty!